Hallelujah. Well, tonight, you're going to get, um, we're going to tag team tonight, and we're going to start with Pastor Annette, and then we're going to go to Nikki, and then we're going to go to me, and um, we'll have something specific within our hearts that's just, I believe, just going to flow from one thing to another. So welcome Pastor Annette as she comes up and, and delivers what's in her heart. Praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness. We are talking about encounters. God is so good. He is so good. And he, he, wants, he wants to meet with us. How many of y'all know that? He longs to meet with us. Uh, I'm going to pray over the word. I thank you, Lord, that we will speak exactly what we need to speak. I pray that our ears would be prepared to receive, (laughs) that our hearts and our minds would be readily open and ready to receive, Father. In Jesus' name, we're not not leaving the same. We're not leaving the same. I refuse to leave the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. a couple of days ago, I, I'd gotten up in the morning and I'd opened up my Bible and, and I looked for it today and I couldn't find it. It's probably a good thing. But have you ever just opened your Bible and started reading? That's kind of dangerous because <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, the first thing I read was like, your thinking is so bad and it's stinking thinking. I mean, it was saying stuff like that. it was the Old Testament and it was, you know, that their thinking was defiled and it was wrong. And, and, you know, the word talks about how, what we think we become, right? And, and there's, there's several scriptures that talk about our thinking. And it was interesting because, um, you know, in order for us to get in place or in position, we have to be thinking the right thoughts. I, I used to come to church and I remember sitting somewhere over here and listening to whoever was preaching and thinking, that'll never happen to me. That'll never happen to me. You know, hearing the prophetic word about the open hand and how God's going to do this. And, and I mean, tonight was amazing. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Joseph. That was amazing. But when you, there's... We stop God from wanting to work or not wanting to work, but from working, right? Do you believe that? Your thinking alone can stop God from doing what he wants to do in our lives. Because I remember coming in um, as a single mom, having gone through a divorce and, you know, raising three teenagers, one in college. and, And I'm going... And and I'd been a pastor. I had been a pastor and gotten divorced. And so it's like, I thought I knew faith. I was in a faith church. And then I come in here after being so disillusioned and life will do that to you. Don't you know, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal the word, wants to steal the thing on the inside. That's going to cause you to be in position to receive everything that God wants you to have and have an encounter with him. And so I came in depleted, depleted, like on empty, empty, like below empty. And I remember sitting there going, well, that's nice for them, but that'll never happen for me. You know, um, probably one of the hardest things to say to somebody was God loves me. I mean, we could, I could tell other people, God loves you. And I can just tell them, you know, God wants to do great things in your life. And he's a good father and he wants to give you good gifts. 
But to say it to myself, why was that so difficult? Did I believe it? No, actually I didn't because I couldn't receive it. And now I know God wants to have encounters and we're going to be changed. We're about to go to another level. I want to go to another level, but this has to change. My thinking has to change. I've got to know that God is good. I've got to know that he loves me and he wants to give me the best. Not just you the best. I could think, I could, I have faith for you. But to have faith for me, to believe that God loves me. Um, I started to write this down at the beginning of the year. Just thinking about how God changed my life. And I wrote down, I pray for a changed mind. A mind change. I need a shifting a shift in my thinking. And I wrote down rattle, shift, sift my thought patterns, Lord, my perceptions. I want to evaluate and change what has been, what I have been thinking, what I thought to be true, what I thought that I needed. (laughs) If it's not what you need or want from me, then change it. Because I tell you what, when there was a time in my life where I would wake up every morning and I would put a CD in, a teaching CD. And I'm like, okay, Lord, the way you're going to change my thinking is I've got to get in the word. I've got to hear what your word says. I've got to hear what your word says. And every day as I was doing that, things were changing. Things were changing in here. My heart was softening. You know, the word says in James 1.23, the second part, it says that the word, the engrafted word, when it's received, (laughs) when it's received, when it takes root in your life, when it's received, when you become a doer, that's how you know if it's been received. (laughs) When you receive it for you and not for your brother or your mother, <laughs> you know, have y'all ever been in service? Moms, I know you, you hear a good message and you're like, oh my gosh, my son needs to hear this or my neighbor needs to hear this or my aunt needs to hear this. But when you humbly, when you and by humility and with humility receive the word of God, the engrafted word of God, which is, is what it says, it says that it is able to save your soul. Because it's your soul that needs saving. It's your soul where that's where your problem is. My soul was beat up. My soul was messed up. I came in here and your soul is your thinking. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's where change had to happen in me. Change has to happen in us. The Bible says, where it talks about in James 1, 23, it says the engrafted word of God. That word, what it means, engrafted, it it means, it's like like a transplant, an organ transplant. It's something that you did not have, but you need. (laughs) And you don't know you need it until you get it. You were functioning fine on that broken soul. You know, you think you're functioning fine. I thought it was functioning fine. I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. But then when I actually heard what God wanted to do in my life and knew that I hadn't received that, I'm like, okay, something's not right. Why can't I receive it? My soul was broken. I had to change my thinking. And actually what it says, I'm going to read that in James 1. It's so good. It says, Oh, is it 21? I'm sorry. It was 21. It says, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity. 
uh, we don't use that word, superfluity, of naughtiness and receive the meekness. Lay apart means to lay it aside. You're going to have to take off that filthy thinking. You know, as like when, when, if you look up those words in the Greek and do a study, it, it means like basically it's taking off dirty clothes, filthy, stinky, dirty clothes. And it means lay it aside, get rid of it and push it away so far that you don't try to reach for it again. Don't try to grab it again. That's, but there's, there's something that we have to do to stop that thinking. Get rid of it. And, and I love the way the word is because you, and I learned to do this when I met Justin, because he would read the word one way. I mean, you know, just read it. And then he would read it backwards. (laughs) And it was like, okay, because, and, and it says, and receive with meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Well, really you can't receive it until you do that, until you lay aside, until you start to actually come to the word going, I need, I, I need a washing. I need, I need a renewing. Right. Um, there was a time it, during when I was coming to church here and I'd started volunteering, I started helping. I started coming on Wednesdays. Is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Miracle Wednesdays. Okay. That's when things really started happening. Cause if you talk about laying aside, throwing out, you know, your stinking thinking it happened on a Wednesday night. It was Wednesdays. I started coming on Wednesdays and God's going, okay, she's serious. She's really serious. Okay. So I'm, it's on a Saturday. I'm alone at my house. And I, I put in another CD because I was cleaning and I was listening to, um, get ready, get ready, get ready. T.D. Jakes. I was listening to T.D. Jakes. The other night on Monday night, we were here. Okay, squirrel. Um, I go all over the place. On Monday night, we had, um, again, you want to get serious? Come to work. Come to prayer. Come to prayer. That's like, you're like really laying aside. You're like throwing away those filthy clothes and you're like, I'm not grabbing them again. But on Monday night, I heard the Lord say, make ready, make ready, make ready. Well, this Saturday I'd put in the CD and I was listening to TD Jakes and he was talking about your thinking and he was talking about, um, you know, that word superfluity means it has the connotation of like a, a muddy river that, that gets full and it goes into the banks and everything gets slimy and muddy and dirty. How many of y'all know when you've got bad thinking, you, that thinking rubs off on other people. It comes out of your mouth. It really does. What you think eventually gets in your heart and then you start. So your bad thinking ends up being your children's bad thinking and, and people at work know your bad thinking. And it's like, Oh, it just, you know, have y'all ever been stinky? And like, after a while, you don't even smell yourself anymore. You're like, I'm not that bad. It's not, I just, I'm not that bad. You know, if you're like dirty and you're like, it's not that bad. 
I'm, I'm good. And you know, eventually we get that way where it's like, I'm, it's not bad. I'm good. I don't ever want to get there because I want to have an encounter with God. And I'm, that's what I'm getting ready to tell you about this encounter. So I'm listening to the word. And all of a sudden I've already been spending months, months coming, months praying, months coming to, we, I don't remember when we used to have prayer back then, but it was a long time ago, um, before Justin and I were married. But, um, so there was a, there was a, uh, uh, laying aside of my thinking, there was a washing that was taking place. There was a softening of my heart. <laughs> there was a, I was able to receive with meekness. That word meekness is not weakness. It's somebody who has a strong will, but is able to lay aside their thinking. It's laying aside pride, basically putting that aside and taking up the person, God's thinking or God's word. See, you can't receive without meekness. You can't receive you. There's no way you can receive because the opposite of that would be, um, just judging it, just coming and hearing it. And that, which is the next verse talks about being a doer and not just a hearer. Cause that's what you become. When you don't receive the word and allow it to give you life and to change you, then what you're doing is you're just hearing it. And, and the word, and the second, the next verse, 123, it says that you're like a person who, have you ever seen those little compact mirrors, those little mirrors? Okay. So it says like, you're looking into your reflection in a glass, What it means a little mirror. Like you're only able to see, like, I can only see this eye and I can only see this and I can see, but see, that's how the word works. The word is only going to work on one thing. God's so such a gentleman. And so that's your, the, our thing is like, I'm such a mess. There's no way God could ever use me. Well, let's, let's change that thinking and let the word come in and start to heal you. And you're going to see God's just going to have you work on one thing. But it says that when you become just a hearer and not a doer, it's as if you look in the mirror, you see that person, you see that something has to get fixed. It's like, girlfriend, you need some lipstick, something, do something with that face. But you look at it and you got a little something right here and you're like, oh, I look good. And you're off. Well, no, you, you're not good. You forget. That's what a hearer does. A hearer goes, oh, that's a good word. That, that was really good. And then you forget what you heard. How many times does that happen? We ask our kids all the time. So what'd you learn? What they talk about, and they're like, Jesus, you know, it's the truth. We even say it to them. What'd you learn? And they're like, I don't know, but we're that way. God wants us to have an encounter. I started listening to, I was listening to that word. I was listening to that word. And like I said, God had already began to soften my heart. And before I knew it, I was on the ground. I don't know how long I was on the ground, but I just weeped. And the only way I could describe it when I got up is I felt like I'd had a heart transplant. And then later on, I started studying that scripture and I'm looking back there because it's back there, but it's, it was up here. Um, it was that engrafted word of God. I made it a part of me. It was almost, it was like a, an organ transplant had taken place And that word was able to change me. 
And I was able to have an encounter with God. Like I, I don't even know how long I was down, but I was down long enough for him to do surgery, (laughs) do surgery. How many of y'all would like that? I just, I just want God to just change everything, change my heart. And I started to write that down and a changed heart leads to a changed mind, which leads to a new destiny. And I started to write down, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Do y'all remember that song? Change my heart, oh God. You are the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. See, the hidden things of the heart were revealed. They had to be revealed to me. I had to see that I was in lack. I was deficient in order for him to, to do this heart surgery. And nothing... Nothing is left the same after you encounter him. We sing about that, but nothing is left the same. And time with him begins to soften our hearts and able to be ready to be able to go deeper so that we can have that encounter with him. You know, an encounter is an appointment. And and I I know pastor's probably going to talk about that, but an appointment is something that you get ready for. And I want you to know Jesus for, I I, I thought about all the encounters in the Bible. And I, one of the the very first encounter I thought about was the woman at the well. And I love how it says in the word, it says that Jesus saw it necessary. It was necessary. The word says it was necessary for him to go there. He already had an appointment. It was a divine appointment with her. Things were about to change. I believe somewhere in her time, she may have put in a CD of TD Jakes and she was getting ready. She was not no longer satisfied with the way things were going. I really believe that we don't hear her backstory. I would wish that we could have a backstory on her, but I bet that was part of it. She was getting ready. She was making ready. God was going, getting her ready, getting her ready for that appointment. But Jesus said, it is necessary that I go there. And her life changed. We know that the other woman that I thought of was the widow of Zarephath, um, It said that God had already spoken to her and got her ready for Elijah. She, She knew he was coming. And I love where he says to her, he says, bring to me a piece of bread from your hand. And the Lord showed me today was, are you ready to give him your thinking in exchange for what he has. And it's pride. Part of that is pride. Our own thinking is pride. Thinking that we've got it. We've got it figured out. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I have a plan. And I have a calendar. And I have goals. And I have a vision. And la la la. And we've just got every. Because I'm that way. I, I like everything just in order. I'm a planner. I love to plan. How many of y'all are planners? Yeah. We're planners. You know. It's like the, you know, the, the line of ants and then you go and you do this and the ants are like, Oh my gosh, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? God wants to give us an encounter. He wants to give us an, a supernatural encounter. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready to go higher? Are you ready for things to change? But we've got to change this. We got to change this. And I'm talking to the choir, obviously, cause y'all are here on a Wednesday night, but 
I'm ready. I'm ready. That's, I'm, God gives us our prayers. You know that. He puts that in our hearts. Why have I been praying? God, change my mind. Change my mind. Change my thinking. Change my thinking. Whatever I thought I needed, if I don't need it, you know, he's the one that knows what you need even before you need it. You know? He knows what you have need of. And he's prepared it. Amen? All right. Tag. <laughs> You know, when she's talking about um, having an encounter with God in it, it um, changes the way you think. It changes things about you when you encounter him. And so in the Bible, we have lots of different people. Like she just mentioned, too, people who had encounters with God. And, you know, I can give you a list of other people that I made one myself. So we have, most of you know the Apostle Paul. That was quite an encounter on the road to Damascus, right? We've got um, Gideon. You know, he was hiding out in a wine press, and Angel Lord shows up and says, Hello, mighty man of valor. You know, and he's hiding, you know, hiding out. And then you've got, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Angel appears to her. That's an encounter, changed her life forever. Right? And so many times I think, um, like she was saying, we want, so many times people want an encounter with God as if they want an emotional experience. But you're just not going to find that in the Word of God. God doesn't come just to give us an emotional feel-good moment because he's love. And so when I encounter someone, you know, I, I like, when I encounter someone, usually if you're going to encounter me, you're going to get a hug. Pretty typical. Probably most of you in here have encountered that about me. And um, why? Because you want to leave people better than you found them. Why? Because you love them. And that's God. He comes, when he comes to, with, to an encounter with you, it's to leave you better than he found you. So the people that she's talking about, that's the, those were encounters so God could leave them better. When you, but it requires, what she was saying, is it's going to require a mind change. It's going to require a change. The people I just mentioned, Paul, Gideon, Mary, the mother of Jesus, their lives were radically changed from the moment they had an encounter. They changed how they lived, they changed their job, they changed where they lived, did I say that? Well, what they were doing, it had to change who they thought they were. Huge shifts, huge shifts, we both had that word, huge shifts came to their lives. And so we have, you have to be aware of that, because God's brought us this word through pastor encounter, because that's what's coming, that's what's here, and so that's what's going to happen. So we look at, um, when you look at the the apostle Paul, he has this encounter on the road to Damascus. And what is, and then it takes him, Jesus says to him, why are you persecuting me? That was a shocker to him. He didn't think he was persecuting God. He thought he was working for God. That just totally blew his mind. In fact, it took him three days before God spoke to him again. He needed three days to think about that. To, what? What does that mean? Everything he'd learned up to that point in, in his religion, he had to go back and say, what is right and what is wrong? So you can grow up in church your whole life and not think right. It takes an encounter with love. It takes an encounter with Jesus. And it will shift the way you think. 
And that's what it did for Paul. And then what did Jesus do? He gave him an assignment. Very rarely will you see an encounter with God where you don't get an assignment. Why? God, and well, you know what an assignment is? It's, it's good news. Because, you know, everything Jesus comes to tell us, right? The angels proclaimed it. Good news of great joy. <laughs> you know, and that's how we need to receive every word from God. But usually God won't speak to you till you're ready. That's the thing about it. You can go to God super angry and say, you better answer me right now. <laughs> how do I know that? Been there, done that. I don't get an answer when I ask like that. Not because he's mad at me, because I'm not ready to hear it. It's not because he doesn't want to answer me. He wants to leave me better than he found me. But I have to be ready to hear it. I have to be ready to hear it. And so you have um, Gideon, mighty man of valor. And he's like, I am the least of my family. That's what he tells. It took the angel of God showing up and delivering words to him. Because that's what God will always do. You will never have an encounter with God... I don't know if I've ever had an encounter with God separate from words. Even in the midst of praise and worship. If I have a moment, it's the words that minister to me. That's why our praise and worship needs to be based on truth. Why? Because truth sets you free. (laughs) Have you ever been singing a song and all of a sudden you were just like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. It just set you free. All of a sudden you just were free. Songs of deliverance, the Bible says. But he says, oh, mighty man of valor. He's like, I'm the least of my family. You know, that word valor actually means, I wrote it down, strength of mind, like in the face of difficulty. And that's what Gideon had that he didn't even know about himself until God showed up and told him. So he went from thinking he was the least of his house to being one of the judges of Israel that went to war on their behalf and led armies. Because, G- because God showed up and delivered him words. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. And then Mary, highly favored one. Rejoice, highly favored one. Right? Highly favored one. She was going to have to hold on to that nine months from then. When nobody else thought she was favored. When everyone else treated her like dirt. But she was highly favored by God. And that's what mattered to her. And all these people, they all had things in common, you know. Maybe, I don't know what pastor's going to speak on. But you can go back and you ha- they had to have prepared their heart, like Pastor Annette said. They had to have come to a place where they were willing to do anything. You can't tell me not one of those people were crying out to God for change. Whether it was for them or for their nation or what. They were crying out to God. Because he says, I will answer you. Why did he show up? Because he's true to his word. When we cry out, he answers us. So all of these encounters came with an assignment. They all produced change. They all created shifting. And most of all, mental shift. They needed a mental shift. That means to move, to change place or position, to give place to other things. See, so many times people want an encounter with God, but they're not willing to change the way they think. They don't want to, what was that word? Give place to something else. I've been in a place before where I felt the victim. And as long as I hang on to being the victim, if I, if I don't give place to something else, I will always be the victim. You have to want to not be. 
You have to want to not be where you're at. And God is faithful. He will lead you out. His words to you, the reason Gideon became a mighty man of valor is because God spoke it. Within his words are the power to become what he says. That's why when he said, you will have a child by the Holy Spirit, and she said, be it unto me according to your word, it was. So it just takes our faith. Because the word became flesh. The word the angel spoke right then became flesh. The word that the angel spoke to Gideon became flesh. It became who he was. It's amazing, isn't it? And so many times we have to be willing to do the assignment. He will, he, those of us who are crying out about whatever situations, the world, the nation, <laughs> things like that, God will give you answers. He will be faithful to give you answers. Your marriage, your family, your children. He will be faithful. He will be faithful. You know, as we move forward into, the, into this, into encounters, every week we come in here. See, an encounter doesn't need to be an angel. It can be. I hope we all get them. Don't you? I hope we all have like, wow, crazy, amazing encounters. But we can't um, think it's nothing to come in here on a Wednesday night because he is the word. So every Wednesday night, you should be expecting an encounter. Every word that comes forth under this series is an ordained, appointed word for you that are here, that listening online. Every one of these words will have the power to become flesh if we let it. So be listening. Because remember when I said I hug because I want people to, I want them to know they're loved. I, I want them to know they're appreciated, whatever. I want them to feel encouraged. You know, I always, the devil will never, he never wants to leave someone better. He wants to leave them worse when he encounters them. But we want to leave people better, right? Because love always begets life. Even in marriage, love begets life. God beget life. God is love. He beget life. Love will always beget life. So if we walk around and we, out of this series, realize who we are. The God, that God himself is on the inside of us and our encounters, our encounters. We walk up to someone, our encounters matter. We're going to beget life if we choose to. So we have to become cognizant of that, that, you know what? You may not be every person you encounter, you may not assign them something, but if I'm talking to Quirky and he's talking to me about, you know, maybe a problem he's dealing with, and I say, oh, my goodness, Quirky, God is big enough for that. Let me tell you what he did for me. Now, I didn't give Quirky an assignment right there, but hopefully Quirky leaves this encounter thinking, I need to seek God. So I gave him an assignment without giving him an assignment. You know what I mean? Like every time we encounter someone, we have the capacity Draw them to the Father. You know what I mean? To leave them wanting more. To giving them words that bring life. You know, that's why our words are so important. They're spirit and they're life. They're not nothing. They're not just, oh, that was a kind word. Well, they might say that, but we know that kind word just sowed exactly what they needed. 
And so that's how we need to approach our words because that's what God's going to do on these Wednesday nights. He's planning on bringing you words of encounter that are going to produce change in your life if you let it, to give you an assignment and to take you higher to a different dimension. We're going to a different dimension, church. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Amen? Amen. You're receiving something. You can go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And um, like always how the Holy Spirit just connects things together without us really knowing what... um, You know, we were in a staff meeting and I said, hey, uh, Wednesday, I I didn't have any name who was going to do Wednesday. And I said, uh, so I said, uh, Annette, Nikki and and me are going to tag team. So just go get with Jesus and find out what you're supposed to speak. And and so here we are. Um, But before I share that, I want to I want to bring something out uh, and that Nikki referred to. um, And it's found in in Romans chapter 10. And um, and it says you don't need to turn there. It says, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how they sh- shall they preach unless they be sent? As, as, is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You know, and, and so when, when I pray about a series or praying about a message for Sunday morning... I'm being sent with a message. And ultimately, it's not just sent with a message, but it's, in, it's sent with, with a, an assignment that we should step into and that we should walk in. So, so here for the next, at least, as far as I know, the next 52 or the next 51 weeks or 49 weeks or how many weeks are left in the year is, is we're going we're gonna to preach about encounter. Encounter, because, because evidently we, we need to have an encounter and, or we need to be an encounter. And, and that's something that we need to make ourselves available to. So as Annette said, preparing yourself, making ready, it's setting yourself up with the word and, and talking about <clears throat> how the encounters are meant to bring change. And so just what I want to deposit over the next like six minutes or so in first John two verse 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy one and you know all things. Now, I love how the Amplified does this, says this scripture, and it says, but you have an unction from. And it defines, it amplifies that unction from, it says, and you have a sacred appointment. You have an unction from, you have a sacred appointment with the Holy One. And, uh, and years ago when I read that, and, and, and you know, when I read the word, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks back to me what I'm reading. It's kind of like, did you get that? Did you, did you see that? Did, did you know what I'm saying? You know, and there's times where, you know, we've all done it where we're reading, but are we really reading? I mean, I'm looking at words, but am I really receiving what's being said? It's kind of like Annette talking about it. It's like, I'm hearing the word, but am I really hearing it? And so there was a time I was reading the scripture in the Amplified, and it says, and you have a sacred appointment from, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He goes, he goes don't miss your appointment. Don't miss your appointment. Have I, have you had your sacred appointment today? Have you, have you, in the th- or have you showed up for your appointment? See, every time you get into the word and every time that you ha- set yourself up or you're in worship, your prayer time, whatever it is, you're putting yourself in position for a sacred appointment, a supernatural appointment. And this word actually unction means the anointing. 
So, so you have an unction from, you have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. See, see, there's something happens when you connect with the Holy One. There was something that happened when, when Gideon connected with the Holy One. There was something that happened when the woman at Zarephath connected with the Holy One. There was something that happened to Mary when she connected with the Holy One. And it was something that changed her life forever. There was a sacred appointment. There was a divine appointment that was to set them up for something that would change their destinies. And that's what an encounter is all about. A encounter is not just a one-time experience. It's not, as, as Nikki said, it's not a, just an emotional high. I, I'm so grateful that, that, that we're in the presence of God and you can feel the presence of God. I, I'm so grateful that the presence of God can be tangible. I'm, I'm so grateful when the power of God comes on you and you can't stand up or the heaviness is so strong on you and the, and the glory of God just sits down on you that, that it's like you just sense it and you just feel it. And I'm so grateful that you feel it, but it's not always about feeling it. It's about receiving what the Holy One wants to do at that moment and that and at that time. So so week after week, it may be different in here. Week after week, it, it may be just flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. It may be a, just a time of the Word, it, it, whatever it is. But but the thing is, is, is expecting an encounter every day with the Holy One. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So it's interesting that this this anointing from the Holy One is about teaching you something. It's about increasing your knowledge. It's about you coming into awareness of something. Let's for then it, the next couple of verses explain explain the opposite of that. So look at verse twenty four. He goes therefore. And this is really connected to that sacred appointment that, that you know all things. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Now listen to that. Therefore, let that abide. So, so when you had the, 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 the encounter with the Holy One, was he saying, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. So what you heard from that encounter, what you heard from that time with the Holy One, what you heard from the Word, what God spoke to you, what happened in that particular encounter, it said, let that abide in you. See, how, how often have we let go of the things that we had an encounter with? How often have we let go the Word that God has specifically spoken to us? Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the son and in the father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. Then he says, these things have I written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you. Meaning there's people that are going to try to talk you out of your encounter. The enemy is going to try to talk you out of your encounter. But then it says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone should teach you. I had, I had someone tell me the scripture that, that refused to go to church. They were like, well, I don't need to go to church. And I was like, why do you not need to go to church? Well, first, first John chapter two, you know, I have the Holy Spirit and he teaches me all things. Well, I guess the Holy Spirit didn't know when he, when he came upon the apostle Paul to write Ephesians chapter four, that I gave pastors Prophets, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So I guess the Holy Spirit is schizophrenic. That's what I told them and they didn't like it. But because I was like, I was like, that's just ignorance. 
So, but the point is you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Yes. And the Holy Spirit teaches you. But what is the Holy Spirit teaching you? The Holy Spirit is bringing up what you've already heard. The Holy Spirit is bringing up what happened in the encounter. The Holy Spirit is teaching you, teaching you. The Holy Spirit is taking what God has shown you and and continuing to instruct you. The word teach there is to instruct you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone should teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it's taught you, you will abide in him. So so the whole point is when I'm and when I'm in this divine appointment, when I have the encounter of God and I remember the things that were taught, then those are the things. And that's how I continue to abide in him. Then it says, and now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he's righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So then it goes on and really talks about this confidence. We have confidence. So when we, we, we abide in him and on based on the encounter that we have and based on those things that we have, it produces confidence on the inside of our lives. Most of the time we live without confidence because we haven't remembered encounters. Most of the time, the enemy talks us out of confidence because he's talked us out of the word. Most of the time, we don't have confidence because we're not abiding in him. We don't have confidence because we don't know who we are. We don't know that the word, the righteousness of God. That's why it said here, he goes, it says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. What is, what is practicing righteousness here? In this scripture, practice and righteousness is abiding in him. That's my position. My righteousness is not my works. I didn't do anything to become righteous except receive Jesus. But but my practicing righteousness is abiding in him. That's my only responsibility as someone that's righteous, abide in him. Abiding in him. Why would I abide in him? Because I had an encounter with him. And it's out of that our lives are changed. It's out of that that we're prepared for our destinies. It's out of that. You know, and there's something that I have, I've had to learn that, you know, I had encounters where I knew God spoke to me, say it was ministry. And, um, and I'll close with this. And where I filled in the blanks. What do I mean by that? I knew that God had called me to something and, and because, because I didn't stay or continue the encounter. It's kind of like, you know, um, like a husband and wife and, and uh, my wife, Pastor Annette, says, says can you go um, to Kroger and, and get this, that, and the other? And, so, and I got the first two, but I already was saying yes before I heard the third thing. And she goes, well, where's the, where's the, that? I'm like, I got the first two. And it's kind of like we do that with God. We have a sacred appointment with God and, and we stay and we have that encounter and, and God tells us this particular thing. But, but the thing is we get excited about that thing, but yet we no, never go back for another encounter to get more information. 
And, and when we're not getting more information, we make up our own information. So therefore I had myself, I had myself as a missionary on the other side of the world. And, and I'm telling everyone I know I'm going to be a missionary. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Bible school and I'm going to go to Africa. I was telling all my 250 clients for, for six months before I moved to Texas. And, and I was telling them, Hey, I'm going to Bible school and I'm going to go to Africa. They're like, Oh, wow. Cool. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And I was saying it. And, and finally one day, and this is after like a a year and a half and I'm trying to see the Lord on what I'm supposed to do after Bible school. And, and he, he goes, and I was telling someone and he goes, I never said that. I said, I'm not going to go to be a missionary. Wow. (laughs) And he goes, he goes, you got some information, but you haven't continued to meditate and seek me concerning the rest of it. Not that I wasn't praising God, not that I wasn't in the word. I just didn't go back to him for more information. And so he tells me, he goes, go read the book of James. I read the book of James and I'm like, chapter one. Okay, what do you want me to learn? Why well, chapter two to chapter three? Like, yeah, it's like, well, not the words of my mouth and tongue like a rudder, showing partiality and true worship is this and all that. And I finally get to the end of, of one of the chapters there and, and he says this. He goes, you say, you're going to go to this or that city and do this or that thing. He goes, you say, and, and it, it, like it jumped off the page. He goes, Justin, you've been saying you're going to go to Bible school and then go to Africa. I was like, yeah, I have. He goes, you say, you, you say, go to this city, do this or that thing. He said, but what you should be saying is what is the Lord's will? It's like, James, why'd you have to write that? Why'd you have to be Jesus's half brother? Why? And pastor the church of Jerusalem. But yet, if I took more time to meditate and I, the things that I'd, he'd already spoken to me, he would have given me more, more direction. Now, the good thing is, is nine years, nine years after pastoring, I started going to Africa. But it wasn't, it wasn't as a missionary. It was as a pastor leading teams. So the thing is, is I got part of it right, but the, but there was some of the things out of order. So my thing is, is we have to hold on to the encounters, learn from the encounters, let it change us. But yet understanding the encounter with the word of God is something that's always shaping my life, perfecting my future and carrying me to my destiny. Amen. How you receive this word tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you that we're challenged by it. We're changed by it. I thank you for sacred appointments over the church family of Heritage of Faith. I thank you for a season of promotion. I thank you for a season of momentum and acceleration. I thank you for a season of your hope in hand. Directing and guiding us into your perfect plan for our lives. I thank you that we will not miss our encounters. We will not miss sacred appointments. Matter of fact, we'll we'll make opportunities to get alone. We'll make opportunities to hear and to receive everything that you have for us. 
giving us down to the last detail everything that you called and equipped us for. We thank you for it. And we just open our heart to the Holy Spirit. And we open our heart to the Word. And what you desire to build on the inside of us on Wednesday nights in 2022. Take us higher. Take us up into promotion that we see advancement. We achieve great things in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You receive that tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here. and Also, thank you everyone that's connecting with us, you know, at 6.33 to 7.33 every morning, whether it's, you know, we've had anywhere from 18 to 30 people on at 6.30 in the morning here. We've had a great time, and we're halfway through, and uh, just appreciate all the videos each morning as well. Uh, so if you're not seeing those, make sure you go online. And I had some people saying, well, I went there and it disappeared because I went there the next day. But if you go to YouTube, they're all on YouTube. So they'll all, they're all on YouTube. So you can go there and hear them. You know, like Eric Jackson was there. I just, I just want Eric Jackson's voice. Man. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, you love you guys. Have a great week. And come expecting on Sunday morning to receive from the apostle of our house. I mean, God bless. Don't forget, give him Jesus. God bless.